got this idea of starting out each episode with like a cold read of just like a some song lyrics that we've changed to fit the movie. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's what, it, it's what we've been doing. It's been fun, but I don't, I don't know if it plays well. But And I, I couldn't really find one for this. Yeah. So I'm just going to start with, if you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear a boot knife and feathered hair. <laughs> if you're going to San Francisco, you're going to meet an eyeball monster there. That's so good. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> took me forever to find like anything to do with. It had to be about San Francisco. Right. That was perfect. Very, very linked. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Nostalgia Killers podcast, where we revisit films from our youth to see if they still hold up or should be inserted into the great DVD player in the sky. Today, I'm joined by Taylor Diffendover. Hello. Actor, thespian, tour of scenery, destroyer of worlds. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. And today we are talking about Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen it, the log line is a rough and tumble trucker and his sidekick face off with an ancient sorcerer in a supernatural battle beneath Chinatown. I mean, what more do you need? I know. What, what else would you want? Um, before we get into too much of the uh how much we just flipping love this movie yeah i didn't know that it kind of flopped so it had a budget of 25 million Mm -hmm. and it only made 11 oh my god and there's a lot of reasons why there's kind of like everyone we kind of figured it out it just wasn't marketed very well okay and it wasn't on top of that i think the 80s was 80s was a weird time racially okay it was very very difficult to market non-white heroes yeah not not american heroes to a western audience and that is just that's one thing that really hasn't held up it's not the movie's fault no no because it does really well i think with like including so many different people yeah in the film but it was like it was america's fault i blame america i blame america too (laughs) yeah easy scapegoat yeah i uh, I well, I'm just gonna read like one bit of trivia. I, I watched like one video of an interview with John Carpenter about sure. this movie briefly, um, and I don't know if he was talking about the studios or whatnot. And he was saying that they were worried that the white guy was too stupid, and <laughs> all like the you know Asian actors were kind of getting the better of him. Mm-hmm. And John was like, "Yeah, that's the point." <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I that's what we're doing here. I can see that conversation going that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the that's the uh, the vibe I got too from all the uh, behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, uh, Carpenter was not happy with how the studios promoted it. Mm-hmm. Not to, I mean, you don't have to say if you don't want to, but I'm guessing this came out before you were born. Yes. So I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious how you came to see Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Um... Well, I, I'll just say I was born in 91 okay. and I, I have a, I have a shit memory. I don't know if I get, it's okay if I, if I swear. How dare you? Oh my God. No, it's fine. Inappropriate. Um, I have a terrible memory and I can never remember the first time I watched anything mm. and I can't remember the first time I watched Big Trouble in Little China, but I feel like this movie has just been a part of my life forever. Right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, I, maybe I watched it in high school for the first time. I don't know. Um, 
But yeah, like the nostalgia factor for me with this movie, uh, definitely being in my early 20s, like living in a house with a bunch of roommates, and we would put this movie on all the time. Uh, we all got matching pins. <laughs> <You know? laughs> my friend James would constantly quote this movie, and uh, it just holds a special spot in my little heart. Excellent. That, that's always nice to hear. Uh, for me... I grew up, I actually never saw this entire film once it's happened again. I, I think the same thing happened to Robocop. I only saw it on television. Mm-hmm. So I only saw the television edit with the annoying commercials. Oh God. Um, you know, it's chopped to hell, chopped to shit, really. Just like all the, all the fun stuff cut out. Oh, um, but I still remember the knife throwing and catching. Yeah. The, yeah. The catching and throwing right back. That's like for whatever, I mean. This came out in 87 where I was seven years old, probably watched it nine, 10, 11, 12. And like, that's the one thing that stuck with me. Yeah. Like, I had no idea what the plot was. No idea. <laughs> Don't need to. <laughs> no idea who was who, didn't know who Kurt Russell was. I just wanted to watch that one scene over and over. The, uh, the special effects too with the, um. Incredible. Yeah. Just, um, was it, uh, England or Edland? I wrote it down somewhere, but the, basically the guy who did the first Star Wars the first Star Wars trilogy. Interesting. He he came over and did the, the majority of the special effects for this film. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, I will find his name. Because <laughs> we're professionals here. Very professional. Robert Edlund? It sounds like Robert Englund. <laughs> I know. I was thinking like, oh, no, it's not Freddy. <laughs> Freddy Krueger did the special effects for Big Trouble in Little China. You heard it here first. Well, I, I, another thing I want to do with this podcast is start bad rumors. Yeah. Oh, Because well, if, if you say things into a microphone, people fucking believe you. It's like the weirdest thing. That's the first one. It's the truth. <laughs> Richard Edlund. Yeah, he did write it down. VFX oh, okay. by Richard Edlund from the original Star Wars trilogy, Poltergeist. And Ghostbusters. Oh, oh, what a great career. Yeah. Yep. And then I, I love all the effects in here, but there weren't that as many as I thought there would be. Okay. Because I heard he was part of this before I watched this again. Uh-huh. Um, I can only count four different, like, actual, like, puppets and, and like, <sighs> monsters. But but they're still great. Right. They hold up. They like, really do. Um, yeah. All yeah. the all the special effects really hold up for the, me. Practical effects always hold up, in yes. my opinion, if it's if they're done well. Mm-hmm. And the, the expertise was on, on show here. I mm-hmm. think. So I went over my most nostalgic scene, which is the knife throwing. How about you? What's the, what, are, oh. what are some scenes that are like top for you? So I have like three pages of scribbly notes uh, with all my favorite scenes, and it turns out it's every scene in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, okay, the big one for me is like the rumble in the alleyway, the Chinese standoff. Right on. Oh, man. Like th- like just being in that truck in the alleyway, which there's no way that would ever fit in an actual <laughs> alleyway in San Francisco. Right. Uh, and just like <laughs> Jack holding his knife and they're both like, you know, wanging him or looking in the rear view mirrors and like out of the fog, these men come up wielding weapons and it's just so like with the score in the background, it's just like, whoa, what's going to happen? And, oh. and, you know, chaos ensues, but like so much of that scene is so memorable. Like the three storms coming Most in. definitely. Yeah, low pans entrance and like the light coming out of his eyes and mouth. Oh. I think that was in my nightmares as a kid. I've, I've actually had nightmares with yeah. I think it's this, terrifying this, yeah. if you're if you're for, a kid. For sure, I should, should not have been watching that as a child. Really, <laughs> yeah. uh, hat tip to good parenting there. 
Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My parents didn't really go through the trouble of editing what I watched. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the most memorable for me, for sure. Just it's burned in my brain. After after watching this for the first time last night, really, I have so many more like scenes that I've like like really loved. I remember the the gold statues at the end when they're dominoing over. Yes. Yeah. As as someone who works in film now, that must have been a fucking nightmare to reset. They must have. I think they only had one shot to I get, mean, get that to work right because all of those. Yeah, do they break? They broke. They're like oh. porcelain. Like they couldn't just stand them back up. They had yeah. to like bring in new ones if they were going to do it again. Ooh, that's so stressful. That, that's that's where I, I respect that. That's so fun. I never think about that, like right. the making of it. And yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, and then for people who are, especially like John Carpenter, adventurous enough to mm-hmm. do that, to like say, yeah, fuck it, let's try this. Even if it takes days and days to get. Yeah. And they do it. Hell yeah. Much respect. Also, like you, I've, I kind of found myself falling in love with every scene. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't really pick a good one. Like, I, I mean, the best one for me, other than the knife thing, just remembering that as a child. That's yeah. Right. It's a roller coaster. I oh. mean, once it starts, like, there's no getting off. <laughs> yeah. I, I, have some, I have some notes about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's, that's for, for later in the, the nitpicky part. But Okay, cool. Oh, I mean, even, like, the opening credits, like, yeah. The, sc- the score, really, John Carpenter, like... Uh, I just love it. I'm such a huge fan of his. Yeah. And you put it, one of his scores in anything and like you're just hooked immediately. You it's, know? It's definitely uh, memorable. Like, yeah. Now, now, now that I've listened to it, I've, I know that I've seen parodies of it. I, uh-huh. know, I, I know people who've aped him, you know, like to... Yeah, for sure. He's yeah. def- definitely got his own milieu and his own sound. Oh, yeah. So CB radio, does that make any sense to you? Just curious, not to not to like make fun of a young person, but like the what he's using in the in in the truck. Yeah, I mean, I think just watching movies, okay, you know, and seeing that used in in film. Sure, really, that that makes sense to me. I'm I'm just curious if anybody else who um, watched it who was maybe even born like after 2000. Sure, I know they still use them, but they're very rare. But a CB radio was just a radio you had in your truck or your car. They came out in the 70s, I think. Yeah. It's called Citizen Band. And you could just be your own radio station. Right. Okay, yeah. And you had like, it was the weirdest thing because like normally they're really strict about who can be a radio person, who can transmit radio stuff. Sure. Makes sense. But the fact that Jack Burton is transmitting his own radio show from his truck (laughs) is fucking hilarious. So good. At the start. Um, just imagine the people like listening to this man like what is he talking about yeah and like as he as he drives through the town like anyone who had a a cb radio turned on and scanning might have heard him starting to drive by and then just vanish yeah just the freaking insane ramblings of (laughs) beautiful ramblings (laughs) that so speaking of memorable the you know have you paid your dues, Jack? It's like, yes, sir, the check is in the mail. I mean, that is just, I think I quoted that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, if, if I had paid attention to this as a, as a child, there are so many quotable lines from this movie. It's true. There are just, I have some written down. We'll get to them. They're insane. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no, half my notes are just quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, so one of the, um, Another like trivia thing I learned even before watching the film again was that Kim Cattrall and Susie Pye had to wear colored contact lenses 
in order just to fit the plot of the film. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes sense, but it was also apparently really excruciating. Oh God, I bet. And it was like, it was, uh, Kim Cattrall was only on set for a certain amount of number or of hours during the day anyways. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to that in a minute, which is really cool. Yeah. You probably know about it. I think I do. It's, that's insane too. I don't know how she did that. Right. But like the, uh, yeah, you can, if you watch close and you watch the HD version, you can see like the redness <gasps> from the contacts. They're just... Oh. And I remember my father having colored contact lenses back then, and they were horrible. They were just like, made your eyes red. They just bothered you. They weren't, they didn't have the technology we have today. Right. They're probably harder and, Uh yikes. Yeah. So uh, knowing that going into the film, that's all I saw when I was looking at their (laughs) eyes. It's like, oh, you poor creature. They handled it so well. Yeah. But I think I even read somewhere where Kim Cattrall had to take them out in between takes. What a nightmare. Hell yeah. That's like... That's dedication Ooh. too. Like that's, I mean, I don't know if you could run away from that in any way from contract or whatever, but yeah, they, they soldiered through. Um. <laughs> yeah. Golf clap for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, the name of Susie Pai's character, Miao Yin, mm-hmm. is apparently Chinese for a cat-like. Oh, I did not know that. It's just that there's a lot of, um, I, I didn't write down all the uh, actual, there's a bunch of uh, Chinese uh, writing and signs and stuff on the film that have little hidden jokes too. Um, uh-huh. But I, I, I recommend seeking those out. They're pretty fun. Okay. Ooh, that's fun. They, they have little different meanings. They're little like subtle, um, you know, Easter eggs. Yeah. Like set, Carpenter threw in there. S- so. send, me, send me some stuff. I'll look sure. at it. <laughs> the, the airport scene. Yeah, that's the, about where I'm up to. Uh-huh. On mine too, so. the, the punks from Chinatown. They look so freaking cool. <laughs> they really I, do. I want those white sunglasses. Yes. With the slit. Those could not have been useful. No. <laughs> but I watched them. have seen a thing, but he didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yep. And just, I mean, everything Kim Cattrall says in this movie, like her line delivery is just on point, man. And when she, yeah, I. My, my favorite I've written down coming up next is when she's, when she sneaks into their little meeting. Just don't panic. It's only me, Crazy Law. Yes, I wrote that down no, too. No pause. No, 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 no. Like, this is the 40th time I've said this today. I'm, this is the take we're using. Oh my God. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> and like, nobody cared. No. no nobody jumped up. Nobody, nope. nobody asked who the person was. <laughs> don't panic. It's me. <laughs> There's so much of that dialogue in this I, film. I like to think that that's how she enters every room. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it's me, Kim Cattrall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the punks from Chinatown, their look, it, just incredible. It's kind of chaotic, you know? Like, you don't know what's going on. And, like, you, like do they have Mao Yin? Who else do they? Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and then the scene in the, the parking structure is fantastic. Yeah, I guess I didn't really write much about that. I just like, other than I just love the way just love the, yes. the, the, the punks looked, man. The, the, the pacing of this film is very, it's something I noticed. I love it. I'm, I'm not, it's going to sound like I'm bashing the film, but I'm completely not. It's, okay. it, it's its own. I can, I can take it. It's its own thing. <laughs> just, just put the gun down. Okay. <clears throat> Um, I forgot the guy's name. Um, Wang uh-huh. is saying, Jack, I don't expect you to come. Burton's like, where is it? I'm yeah. Like, Thank you, Jack. Like, there's no pause in between those lines. It's, oh, all, no. it's all one string. <laughs> it's like, there's no drama. They didn't leave any room for drama in between the lines. <laughs> yes, you're right. 
And it's like, I'm, I'm thinking they were trying to go for like a 1940s noir, really quick whiplash banter, like back and forth. Like sure. Blah, 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 blah. But they just didn't do it. And they didn't do it through the entire film. So I know they did it on purpose. Yeah. And it's, that's like, it's funny, but it also is, it's, it's its own character. It's, it's totally true. And it's, yeah. a, it's very John Carpenter and I love it. It's yeah. just, um. I, I was trying to, I couldn't even hear what he said. Like there was so little pause between the lines. I mistook what he said. Yeah. I had to rewatch that part. <laughs> the whole movie is like this. Just, just move on to the next thing. Move on to the next thing. It's so true. I had never really thought about it, but like it is, it's very like characteristic of it's, John Carpenter in a lot of ways, but like I think it works so well for this movie. Yeah. It's, it's its own thing for yeah. sure. Like, and it's, it got a, an hour and 40 minutes to get through. Of stuff. So they yeah. they were like, John Carpenter's like, just do it. Do it faster. Do it faster. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, the, there is a quote from in when they're in the parking structure <laughs> and Jack Burton goes like, call the cops. Son of a bitch must pay. <laughs> it's like, yes. Did like you say what? That on yours? Hmm? You said that on yours? Say that one more time. He, he said that on yours. He didn't say, he said, just call, call the cops. He said it on mine. He said, oh. son of a bitch must pay. Oh, maybe he did say that on mine. Yeah. I just remember him screaming, call the cops. <laughs> no, which is weird, like a weird thing to say. Nah, that. that would just be lame. It's like, come on. <laughs> come on, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> There's one shot of Susie Pie in the trunk of the, I, I don't think, is that an IROC? I, I couldn't like identify the car. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but she, she looks like I know what you're talking as... about. Oh god, like the fear in her eyes it, it is palpable. Yeah. Like it, it, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, and just is like there's a weird like there's a window there, so it's yeah. really strange that you can see it's her. Like this weird little hatchback. And there's thing. no trunk. <laughs> like, it she is looks strange. Really, yeah. really uncomfortable. Yeah, poor like, thing. Like oh god. Uh, yeah, I wrote down, don't panic, it's weak, I see law. Oh, um, so when Jack Burton goes undercover into the brothel. Oh my God. I, I was so confused about this as a kid. Oh, re- oh really? I had no idea. I, I didn't understand like, prostitution or, oh, okay, or, or sure. what a brothel was. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, what's going on? I, <laughs> that, so a bit of trivia I learned, um, which I did not know and was very excited about. The outfit that he wears, the tie, and every, it's ridiculous, right? Um, is the same. Well, I don't think it's the exact same outfit he wore, but it's like a replica of the outfit he wore in another film called Used Cars. Okay. Have you ever seen Used Cars? I've, I've seen parts of that. Yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure if it holds up. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I, I have to say, as someone who lived through the 80s, everything was ridiculous. It, right? Was it, no. Oh, it's... <laughs> That movie is totally the epitome of ridiculous. But like <laughs> Kurt Russell as like a charismatic, smarmy car, used car salesman. I mean, what yeah. more can you ask for? Yeah. But I love that he wore the same outfit. That is and pretty funny. It's very, it's cute. I love it when <laughs> movies kind of, you know, wink at each other. Oh yeah. There's, there's all kinds of stuff um, in some other films. Yeah. Um, like I, I told you, we're gonna, we're doing overboard like right next to this one. I know. Sorry, sorry. Uh, don't don't be sorry. I we'll, for the, we'll, you know we'll do it again one day. But uh, but yeah, there's like there are so many little Easter eggs in that film to previous films. 
that, that Kurt Russell's in. Sure. And, and say it's like, it's weird. Like there's so many. Oh, I got, see, we were talking about that and it's like, I want to rewatch it again. But now I'm like, do I, do I want to rewatch Everboard? Probably just, not. Just get someone else to pay for it. it that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my recommendation. I will. But I just will say the reason you apologized to me is because I am a massive Kurt Russell fan. Yes. Big, big fan. Which as, is as, as am I. Yes. But I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings because uh, oh. not, not everybody has... Uh, you know, five stars in every performance, every Th- film. That's true. Not everyone, you know. Except for Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's, there's the fight I wanted. <laughs> and he really is like, he's so great in this movie. I mean, no one can argue with that. I mean, he's, he's really he's, doing his thing. He's also like, as a movie star, he's kind of threatened as in position as being like the hero or the, the main guy. And he doesn't, his ego doesn't get in the way at all. Uh-uh. He's having fun with this entire thing. Yes. So that, good. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love him so much as an actor is because I can feel how much fun he has in every freaking role he plays. It very much comes through. It's yeah. awesome. Yep. Like I have fun watching him, you know? For sure. Yeah. I, I get happy when I see him, like me, no matter what me it is. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> So when they're coming back from the airport and they go down the alleyway and we start to see the big fight, mm-hmm. the big, the, was it, was it three clans? Like there's like, I lost count because uh, there's like, there's the people at the funeral. Then there's the people right. in the black with the red headbands. And then there's the people in the black with the with gold the, headbands. Yeah. The yellow and like, yeah. And they're friendly. They're the good guys. But then the three storms show up and then. Who else care? Who cares what the other people are doing? Those people are badass. Yeah, it doesn't the, matter. The huge hats, like the incredible. I've seen that in anime, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I, I, and I don't know if that's an actual traditional like headdress. I don't either, but it looks incredible. It looks incredible. Uh, completely not useful. Once again, <laughs> there's no, no way you could see. They don't need to see. It. They don't need to see. It. <laughs> good vibes, of course. Yeah, they're yeah, magic. Silly me. But that I love those big hats because they're you're obstructed, like you can't see their faces. You're mysterious. like, who are these mysterious beings that just mm-hmm. appeared? And then the cameras like close up on all their faces. It's like, ugh. One of my favorite things is the grunting, the over grunting, <laughs> the martial arts grunting. <laughs> yes. Like it's it's like if your if your voice was a fist. Like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking yeah. love it. They, they they overdo it so much in this one, and it's just, yeah. Never too many grunts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're in they're danger of getting a hernia, like from, <laughs> from like the amount of squeezing they were doing. Oh my god! Well, yeah, and because um, there's thunder, lightning, and rain, mm-hmm. right? And lightning <clears throat> is you know in in that scene, you know he's puts his hands out and, and his weapon starts spinning in his hands and it, there's a close-up of his face and he's just like and it like looks like he's trying to squeeze he's, something out i think he was the grunt, he's the gruntiest of the three for sure he's like yeah. he put on the best performance vocally uh yeah for i <laughs> i i think it was meant to be intimidating i think it was but, as well but uh yep it's just funny now to me it's I, great I, I also like the spinny things. Talk about, I'm going to get into it a little bit, but like useless weapons. But the spinny things were weird, funny, great. Once again, maybe just like, 
as for me as a kid, I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's pretty intimidating. Weird. Yeah. It looked like you had salad forks. Spinning. Right. That's what, yeah, totally. And then I, uh, I forget which one. The other guy had um, like sticks with little hands at rain. the end of it. Yeah. Was it the rain? Yeah. Those like claws. That was, yeah, just another bizarre. Those are freaking cool. <laughs> looking invention to I feel me. like those have to be a real weapon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, <laughs> I don't see the efficacy, but <laughs> they look great. Oh man, the when uh, you know since we're still kind of here in that mm-hmm. area when yeah. Lopan is blinding them with the light coming out of his mouth, right. and <laughs> Wayne's like, "Don't look, Jack." He's like, "I already did." That, that's where that banter back and forth works really well. Yes. That joke plays. It plays so well. That was that was great. Yes, I was I was laughing out loud throughout this entire movie. It was awesome, and I've seen it so many times before, but I'm still just like, I, I will would definitely watch this again too. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, definitely rewatchable. For sure. Don't panic. It's only me, Gracie Law. Oh, yeah. Let's just say that every once in a while throughout this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Uh, There's Gracie Law, and then there's Burton. Yeah. Kate Burton is the actor's name. What was her name? She. The reporter. Margo? Was that it? I didn't write it down. Honestly, (laughs) uh, the character for me, like, she's somewhat forgettable. That's that's my point. Like, who who is this? Like, she's barely barely attached to the plot of the film. Uh, She's just ridiculous. I mean, there's no real reason why she needs to be there, you know? And, yeah, I think her name's Marco. I could be (laughs) totally wrong. (laughs) Sorry. No, no, I'm the same way. Like, I, I can't remember her name. I don't remember exactly what she does. She's... She's this completely, if there was a B plot, she would be in it because she's a yeah. reporter trying to solve this stuff. But, but, but we never have a there, B plot. We just, we're stuck no, on. No. You know, she's got a little little romance going on. <laughs> just, well, I, the, uh, the other the guy, um, the actor's name is, oh, I didn't write it down. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to help me with Donald, actors. Donald Lee so is bad. the actor's name. Okay. Um, I want to I want to give him my own little award for uh, overacting. Oh, great. In this film, because <laughs> that's, he's, he's, that's pretty, a biggie. he's probably the one person who I, I think was the most bored <laughs> on set. So every time he's like, he's trying to express, he's just like overdoing it. He's like, I'm really, I'm raising my eyebrows as high as they can go here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but he was the, uh, the love interest for the, they, they, they both kind of canceled each other out of the film. They, they did. It was great. It was good yeah, for them. Good yeah, for them. Good Hope for they're them. happy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Really written for him. <laughs> Glad they were there. Oh, man. Oh, I know what they were there for. To dump exposition. Okay. Yes. That entire oh, scene. You're right. That entire scene, even the people there look bored at the stuff people are saying. Sure. It's like, you mean old man Harris, the guy who did the thing and the thing? Yeah. 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 Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just get it in here now. There's, there's, a, there's a shot of, of Kim Cattrall's character as like, uh, Margo is talking and she's like rolling her eyes oh. like, as she's just giving exposition. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I should have wrote more about that scene. Cause that is gold. That is like, I know I do, Yeah. I, I do wonder if, if Carpenter was doing kind of a parody, kind of, not a parody, but like kind of a, a self-aware because the characters in the scene themselves look bored with the information that's coming at them. Yeah, sure. So I never it, thought about it. Really? I just kind of let that scene wash over me. <laughs> it's it's like all the all the the entire plot of the film comes to light in that one moment and they're all yeah yeah let's go 
I'm not mad about it. I, mean, I love me, it. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. But I, I, I'm pretty sure like John Carpenter was competent enough to know that yeah. he was doing that. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was, did that on purpose. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because everybody does look bored. Yeah. No one's like completely motiv- not motivated to get out of there and do the thing. They already <laughs> yeah. know what's happening. They're sitting down eating. Yeah. And, and they're, they don't. They got to fuel up. <laughs> it's just, yeah. One of the things that stuck out to me. Oh, man. Uh, when they, the, they break in and uh, Jack and Wang reach the, that. Also, the set design is so cool. Like the crates in that like warehouse with all the fake cobwebs on it. Mm-hmm. Like so neat. Like just like attention to, t- I mean. I guess it's not detail. It's a set, but it just looks great. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Set design, everything. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, just the him reading the the Chinese characters, and like saying it's you know hell of boiling oil. <laughs> Jack's like, you're you're kidding. He's like, yeah, yeah. It just yeah, says it keep out. <laughs> it's just like little banter like that. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say like the, everything except for the alleyway and the driving is on a soundstage. Oh, in LA. So they actually like built all the set. I mean, that makes sense. Because there's no room in that alleyway to have that huge fight. No. And like, so all that stuff, the underground, yeah, all yeah. that stuff was on sound stages. They like carpenters put nails to wood and built all that oh, stuff. Oh man, it looks so cool. It that ho- underground is so cool. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It is so like we're missing that these days. Everything's digital and and like computer generated, but like people handcrafted everything in this film. Yeah, it makes it so much more real. Like, they really built a whole world yes. that feels real. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, so much fun. Just, it's just eye candy just coming at me yeah. through the whole thing. It's true. This movie really is eye candy. That's a good way to describe it, actually. It, just look, it looks good. It's visually it was, stunning. They obviously had fun making it. Yeah, the it's, makeup, the costumes. I mean, holy moly. Other than the contact lenses. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's like... I just get have pain. I feel the pain. <laughs> yeah. My my one thing that kind of I have it's, it's not quite a nitpick. It's it's like one thing that doesn't hold up is the the wet t-shirt or the wet shirt thing, which I never saw as a kid because it was on TV. So they cut that part out. Uh huh. But like, there's this weird. Uh, I have it written down as the obligatory 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 <laughs> gratuitous 1980s wet look boobage. Because this was in every 80s film. This like, is, I didn't even notice this, so I'm excited for you to talk about it. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm watching out for this kind of thing because I'm, yeah. I'm like looking for things like, not to cancel it, not to like, but like we, things have changed and we're, we're more discreet about what we do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's, this, there's a scene in the sewers when they're, they're climbing out and like there's no reason for Kim Cattrall, for one thing, to not be wearing a bra. <laughs> So it's like, uh-huh. it's braless, wet shirt. Yeah. And you know that the Carpenter's off camera going, show your boobs. And it's like, pull your, it's like, come on. There's there's a whole scene where Kim Cattrall is sitting kind of off to the side. She's not really taking part in the conversation and, and she's showing. And it's like, she's just sitting there. And then the, the next cut, like she's actually pulled her sweater over mm-hmm. as you would do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my one thing. That's the only thing I found in this film. I would. I mean, that's go back a and that's a good out. one thing. I feel kind of ashamed that I didn't even notice it. I, I'm not sure if it's in every edit. I I, oh, I rented this I streaming. I, I, I did. I also rented this did streaming. You? Yeah, did yeah. I, unfortunately, I told you uh, I couldn't, yeah, yeah, find, you couldn't find, find my DVD. Very upsetting. Um, I mean, spe- I do have some nitpicks. Like I was like, I'm not going to find anything. Um, but let's go for that. Let's with go, let's the, the with the sewer scene, um, 
<clears throat> a surprise kiss never works. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I blew over that as just being weird. Like, it is I, weird. Like for, for, yeah. Yeah. That, that's also kind of. It's, you know, it, this one doesn't bother me. There's so many more egregious, like, uh, surprise kisses in so many films from, right. like, the 80s, 90s. I mean, it really, still, even today, I'm sure it's happening. Yeah. But um, I, I was just thinking about it more and more, and it's just so unnecessary. You know, it, it makes, like, when uh, uh, Gracie and Jack, like, kind of have a thing in the elevator, like, it just it doesn't work for me. Like if they were to kind of have a moment where they both maybe wanted to kiss and then decided not to, that would have worked way better in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Just, but uh, Jack surprise kissing her in the sewer doesn't need to happen. (laughs) And that, that makes me think this was written by boys, you know? Oh yeah. You know, (laughs) just immature boys. I guess I didn't pay attention to their, their budding relationship too much mm-hmm. as I, I knew it was there, but yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's cause it, it's kind of shoehorned in, you know, it's not really necessary for the movie, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun at the same time. It's just like, I, if I just wish the surprise kiss never happened. Sure. I can totally take that out. Yeah. Yeah. Got any other nitpicks? Um, Malian, I, zero character. Did she have any lines? I'm trying to remember. Did she, she spoke a couple times, right? Um, I was going to ask you the same thing. I think it was was after she was out of hypnosis at the end. She only said like, watch out or. Okay. Yeah. But you're you're very right. In my head, I'm like, she doesn't speak throughout this movie, you know? And there's zero care. I said zero character. She has character, but there's no character to develop on top. Like there's no character development at all. It's like. She's, she's, uh, she's essentially property. To, to exactly. both Lopin and yes, um, which I the wife. yeah hate. that that sucks. Yep. <laughs> it totally sucks. And I think the term for it is like um, fridging, like when you put the character in the fridge. Yes, and that's kind of what happens to her. She's not in this movie. It's true very much, even though she's like the MacGuffin. She's yeah. the the thing everyone's trying to get to. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of yeah. kind of eh. You're right, very much. Um, yeah, looking at it from today, very egregious. I think. Yeah. But uh, at the time in the 80s, they didn't think of that shit. No, not all. So um, it didn't stick out to me as like offensive from an 80s perspective. Oh, yeah. But you're, you're very right. It's Susie Pye did not have. And she didn't she didn't go on to do much after this. And I wonder if I she, only she know just, her from this. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was a, a model before and a little She's bit after. Gorgeous. And like maybe if she had a. a a character with lines and some stuff to do. She might have been more into acting. Potentially. Maybe, we'll never maybe, know. Yeah, maybe this killed her taste for it. Oh, no, I hope not. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, she's she's great, like, you know, but they just, they didn't give her much. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's it. That's my, those are my biggest ones, okay. really. I mean, it's hard to nitpick this movie. I just yeah, want to talk is, about it is how difficult. perfect it is. My nitpick in all films has is, is a big thing with the, uh, Limitless ammo and guns. <laughs> I love it. So, like I, I, I get it. It's a movie. You don't yeah. want to have to shoot nobody. We're not. We don't watch them brush their teeth and stuff. <laughs> we don't want to, to see the unnecessary things. But Kurt Russell has this Tech Nine gun that he shoots empty <laughs> at one point, and it's not even his gun. He picks it up off a guard. Yeah. He shoots it empty, and he's still carrying it with him everywhere he goes, <laughs> like it's a threat. And then it still has bullets in it later on. 
Where did he get the ammo? I don't know. I don't, and then he does the shoot it over the head and then he bonks himself out. Perfect. In a very Looney Tunes way. Yes. I love that Very part. Looney Tunes. But yeah, that's like my, one of my nitpicks I noticed pretty much in every film. But this one is like, why is he carrying this thing around? He's got the plastic knife that he puts in his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly tell that it's plastic. I love, I love that knife. he's holding his little knife and his gun uh-huh. at all times. He, he looks like a badass. He really does. But he's he holding a plastic knife and an empty gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, it's kind of perfect for a character like Jack Burton, very, who's it, not yes. very much of a threat. <laughs> like, what, if the gun's real and there That's are so bullets, true. it doesn't make a difference. That's so true. <laughs> Uh, so it kind of works for him. Yep, that's yeah. that's very true. And his so his he's so awkward with the gun, <laughs> which is awesome. You know when he first shoots it and it looks like it's about to fall out of his hand. <laughs> like doesn't was it um, Kim Cattrall said? Do you know what you're doing with that thing? <laughs> right. Yes. He's like, what does it look like? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and she's thinking, no. Of course I know. <laughs> and the, the when they um they they trade the guns yeah that's a good moment yep yeah yeah i like that it's just it's so because i i feel like i've seen that in in movies where like you know one one person's like jealous of the other gun you know but like jack kind of handles it in such a funny way and so does wag and he's just like hey want to (laughs) trade just like (laughs) do see them so what do you what do you think of their um their buddy cop kind of smash up where it's kind of it's kind of confusing about who's the hero in the film, who's, in my opinion, is Wang. Oh, Kurt, Kurt Russell's yeah. there. He's great. But yeah. he's, he's like knocking himself out, doing stupid things. There's a shot of him lying flat on his back after he knocks himself out. Oh my god, no, Wang for sure is the hero. I mean, he he gets him there. Like when you know the 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 battle and like the. I don't know what to call it, the throne room, you know, right. and Kurt's incapacitated <laughs> and Wang's just like doing like crazy martial arts uh-huh. and like Winning killing it, man. Yep. Yeah. I think that's uh, another thing where they couldn't figure out how to market the film mm-hmm. because there was no clear hero either. That's true. Despite it being, um, you know, a non white American, you know, whatever that bullshit was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it was like Wang for sure. Wang was the hero. Jack was the sidekick. Yeah. He's just funny. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't talk like a sidekick, but, uh, and I saw in an interview too, like, um, the actor who plays, uh, Wang, um, Dennis Dunn, he's talking about that specific thing. And he thinks that him and Jack are like buddy cops. There's no sidekick. Okay. Sure. So he, he felt he very much that they were both playing, and and I can see that just because Kurt Russell as Jack Burton has so much charisma, yeah. you know, you kind of, you need him there. It, it, the, the film opens on him. Like, yeah. We're, we're following it through his eyes. I always thought he know. was the hero growing yeah. up, you know, and then the more I watch it, you know, which I watch it pretty frequently, you know, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh no, you're just, you're yeah. ineffective <laughs> completely, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> it just makes me love it more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I don't. I don't know too many other films who tried this format. You know, there's like, you know, a few years later, there's Tango and Cash, but they're both like classic megastars, and they yeah. are they are actually fighting for the camera, yes, off, off screen and on screen. Oh man! But on this one, it, they're they're just friends, and yeah. they're like at the be- at the beginning too. I was confused about their relationship because they're they're betting, and they one of them loses a bet to the other. Yeah, and I was I was kind of like, oh shit, here comes another fight. They're gonna 
beat each other up or whatever. I know. But no, they're like really buds. They're buds. They're buds. They're so cute. Yep. I love them together. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, I love that there's no tension. Like, that that tension isn't there. Like, there's no, I don't know, to distract or... Yeah. Yeah, no. It's it, would, it would take away from the fun for sure. It would. Yeah. yeah. And they do have a lot of fun together. I do think it is funny that um, they, when they are going to, uh, they're going to the airport and Jack doesn't know that yet. And Wang's like, oh yeah, follow me. And then he's like, actually, I'm going <laughs> to, we're get, going get together, truck, yeah. you know, pretty smart. But they don't get in Wang's reasonably sized truck. <laughs> <laughs> in the pork chop let's, express let's let's talk about a semi truck as a commuter vehicle <laughs> in san francisco. san francisco they they drifted a little bit i don't know if you saw that to get <laughs> yeah. into the alleyway they had to like yes, spin the back over tires a little out. bit yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> which I, is i it's a great choice it's just an unrealistic one <laughs> yes but you know who are we talking i mean this entire movie yeah <laughs> let's nitpick that right let's, let's nitpick that <laughs> the, the, yeah Everything else flies, but they're oh, the truck. Oh. The truck can handle that. <laughs> yeah. J- James Song, right? That's that's Lopan? Lo yes. I know this. Yeah. Well, I was I was just about to get onto that. I was going to um I was going to ask you who do you think won the film? I it's hard for me. I have three people. Okay. That I want to give it to. Uh, I'm going to give it to one person today. I'd oh, yeah. like to give honorable mentions. Sure. For sure. Um and that's definitely James Song as Lopan. Okay. Uh, what a f- iconic performance! Yes, incredible. I love him so much in this movie. I mean, he is Lopan. He is perfect mm-hmm. um, as the, the the old man with the makeup and his voice. His like weird little voice. He talks like this, and it's yeah. just perfect. Um, yeah, he's iconic. I feel like the clear winner is almost Jack Burton because it's such a charismatic, fun performance by Kurt Russell. Sure. And it's hard for me not to pick him because I am a huge fan. But on this rewatch, um, last night when I rewatched it, Kim Cattrall as Gracie Law stood out to me the most. Right on. I mean, she really nailed this freaking character. Uh, she's so cool. Everything about her, like every word that comes out of her mouth, mm-hmm. I'm listening. She is extremely competent and capable. Like she doesn't need anyone's help. Like she's really fucking shit up, man. I love Gracie Law. So she's my pick. Very cool. And and despite the contacts, the contact lenses, mm-hmm. she was leaving set at 4.30 every day to go yes. be in a whole production. What was it? Yeah. Uh, Three Sisters by Anton Chekhov. There you go. Yeah, to she do a whole checkoff play um, every day. I know they were filming. What I don't understand, like that the, just makes her so much cooler. To to think that she was dealing with being in this movie yeah. while giving the performance she did and having fun with it, and then going to do a very serious play. I mean, yeah, which is incredible. And she was—I um, don't have it pulled up, but um, in the trivia I was reading about. Um, She's basically saying, like, that was her day job. That's right. Like, yes. forming Big Trouble Mill China <laughs> was her day job. And then she could go do theater afterwards, you know, instead of being like a John. cocktail waitress or what. That's kind of what you do when you're uh-huh. an actor. She was just acting in movies a, and then performing. A John Carpenter film was her McDonald's yeah, before she went right. to go to her, it's insane. her real job. It's so freaking cool. She's yes. can control so awesome. I love that's, her. I can totally see that. Um, and I, re- I totally respect that. Yeah. Uh, um, my pick is, uh, is it James Hong? 
as Lopan. James Hong as Lo as Lopan. There is uh, some things I found out about him. You know, uh, you know, obviously playing, sitting through ten hours of makeup to be the older version of himself. Oh goodness! They, that thing, I was grossed out watching that. That was it's some gross. of the nasty, nasty makeup. Especially when the light comes through. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I did not remember that part. I don't think I saw that as a kid. Oh. But that that right there, playing Lopan, also recently being in the recent winner for best picture. Best director, I know. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. So cool. Very cool. So proud of him. I love it. I I looked at his IMDb. He has four hundred and fifty six film credits. That's the most I've ever seen. That's <laughs> that's a lot. My my other my person before I looked at his IMDb, the only person I knew who did that much was Michael Madsen at like three hundred was at three thirty one. Wow. He's constantly working. <sighs> but. James Hung has been in this since the fifties, since like Jack or um, Kurt Russell was born. Yeah, like in the fifties, <laughs> James Hung was already acting. Man, and he's been doing this so much and so long that he's he's very iconic for me. Yeah, but I also found this video on YouTube of some people who went to go look at the the scenes that you can still see in San Francisco mm-hmm. of like the shots they had, and then they went to a Comic Con where James Hong is dressed up as Lo Pan giving an interview and signing what? autographs. What? Yes. Oh my goodness. That to me is fucking dead. That was last year, 2021. That was last two, two years year? Ago, two years oh, ago. Oh, two years ago. Holy. M- James Hong is still dressing up as Lopan. He's so freaking cool. <laughs> Who, he's so freaking cool. And he has, he's apparently, he's, he has a show, like an actual like dance show as Lopan. What? Yes. Oh. It's not in the video. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the video and I'll, I'll put it this on the life podcast changing. notes, right? That's incredible. <laughs> that's, that, that's for me is why James Hong is just... I mean, yeah. Shoots out of the movie for me. No, like, I know I, I said previously that, that Jack Burton's the obvious choice and that's because <laughs> I am biased and you know this, but Lopan is really... I mean, he's the stand... Like, visually, just too, like, the standout. I mean, that's what you remember, especially as a kid. That's yes. what you remember, yep. you know? And his performance is... Just so good. <laughs> it's so good. I do like. I almost want to talk more about him as like in the wheelchair. Go for it. Uh, I I don't even know if I have much like, to say on the matter, but I love I love his little wheelchair. Right. That that's electric, and he just like pulls. Out. It's such a goofy performance, but it's so perfect. It's it's very Jim Henson, like the way he yeah. handles himself. Yeah. Yeah, he is kind of like a, a puppet, mm-hmm. and um, I love that. Um, and, and just so many good lines. Those, those lines really, really stand out to me. Like it, in my head, like it always kind of creeps up every once in a while. I hear two girls with green eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like and I like I, I I had never I really don't remember this this scene from watching it as a kid, but uh-huh. watching it this time, yeah, I, he has so many more lines than I remember him, and it's. It's justice. It's right. He should have all the lines. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, talk about someone who's having fun. He is having a <laughs> blast, man. Like, he is just like, you can feel how much fucking fun he's having on that set. Yep. And clearly, he's still, it's still important to him. Yep. He's which is still having fun with it. Amazing. Of course. How can you not? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's so awesome. That makes me happy. <laughs> Sewer escape. Oh, the monster abduction. That monster with uh, that that abducts Gracie Law. Was it the like the orangutan? Kind yeah, of like a thing? yeah, the, 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 the hairy weird dude. Yeah, yeah. With the with the weird teeth. Yeah, yeah. 
looking through the eye holes and then like opens up a mystery door and takes her down into a hole. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I just want to give that a mention. Um, <laughs> love a monster. Love a hairy monster. Uh, yeah. 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 You're yeah. cringing. I'm, yeah. <laughs> For me, it was the, uh, the guardian. Um, oh. So there's this, um, I'm pretty sure you know the joke, but there's this old D and D joke. Oh, I might not. So the, there's, it's a, there's a monster called the beholder. Okay. It's just a flesh orb covered in eyeballs. Yucky. And I think it's just a, it's a joke from the old phrase, like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, so they made a really ugly thing. It's <laughs> yes. just made out of eyes. Just made out of eyes. Yeah. And that's exactly what this guardian character looks like. Yeah. It looks like all the, from all the old D and D books. That's what. Totally. I, I wonder it if it was inspired by that or not. Who Possibly. Knows? It was just really the, good. Really well done. So fucking gross and the what's the most disgusting thing about the guardian is i forget at what moment it kind of pans over to it and it licks its mouth and there's an eyeball on the tip of there's, its tongue it's a it's a completely non sequitur shot there's yeah. other shit going on and they they cut to the the guardian on yeah. the ground licking himself with his Ew. eyeball tongue Ew. yes <laughs> i'm glad they left that in like I'm they didn't so have to glad. put it in <laughs> <laughs> the eyeball at the tip of that gross, grotesque tongue is perfect. I love how like Jack just starts shooting it like a maniac. <laughs> like, all right, that's awesome. I think I noticed this time watching through its actual its nose flap cuts open, and there's an eyeball inside there Ew. too. It's so yucky. So icky. I love how gross it is. It's that's the yeah that's that uh that mastery coming through. You know yeah um, yeah it's perfect. <laughs> Uh, a scene I would be remiss if I did not mention mm-hmm. before this is over is the elevator scene. I Going up uh, or going down? Going, oh, oh, after they drink the potion. Okay, yes. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the eight guys in an elevator. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it is so perfect. And like... I even have it here. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to quote it. Go for it, uh, go for you it. You know, I don't know if I'll do it justice. This uh, Jack saying, I, uh, I feel pretty good. I'm, I'm not scared at all. I kind of, I kind of feel invincible. Wang, me too. I've got a very positive attitude about this. Jack, yeah, me too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> at that moment, Jack <laughs> looks at Egg Shen and winks at him. <laughs> Egg Shen looks so uncomfortable and it's perfect. Everyone starts throwing up the signs to each other. And then he's like, is it getting hot in here or is it just me? And it's, like, it's just such a goofy little perfect scene. And I love it. Yes. I probably, I was not a good impression, but uh, thank you, you did, for you indulging did, you did fine, me. You did fine. Um, yes, that's... Um, that's also something I think has been paid homage and, and like parodied in other oh, films. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I completely forgot about that in this movie too. Yeah. Like it's because the scene right before that, they're at the bar drinking their special courage potion. Also a great scene. And then the scene after that's like the big battle scene. So like there's this little pause, little intermission of them hanging out in an elevator. <sighs> it's, it's perfect, yes. you know, because it's like, it's pretty tense, you yeah. know, there's a lot going on. It's mm-hmm. just like a, a little like... All right. I was, I, was, I was kind of surprised it didn't have some like Muzak going oh on God. in the background. You can almost hear it, almost even though it's it not there. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, with the, I just have like a bunch of quotes here, but um, <laughs> before they, they drink the potion, 
Um, and Jack's like, what's in the flask, egg? A magic potion? He's like, yeah. <laughs> thought so. Good. <laughs> what do we do? Drink it? Yeah. Good. I thought so. <laughs> Another great dialogue scene. Great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no just, notes. <laughs> just... Uh, I got some. I got some. Uh, some. Some dialogue picks here. Oh, some some real zingers. Hit me with them. <laughs> uh, so in the in the epilogue, uh, Jack Burton's. We really shook the pillars of heaven, didn't we, Wayne? Yeah. No horse shit, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> no horse shit. Oh, I mean, I almost it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a there's a one better one. I think it was said right before that. It's like, here's to the Army and Navy, the battles they have won. Here's to America's colors, colors that never run. Yes. That's when they're drinking, they're about to drink the potion. Uh-huh. <laughs> May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Yes. I looked this up for hours because I was pretty sure it came from somewhere. It is it did not come. It came from here. Really? This was it. Oh, as far as I can tell in my half-assed research. Wow. I just had the movie kind of replaying since I rented it. I was like, I'm just going to keep watching sure. it. And as I was leaving the house, <laughs> that was part. that was the scene. And I just like paused for a second. And Campbell and I just like were silent watching that moment. And then we looked at each other. We're like, oh, perfect. <laughs> just, I left to come here. <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> oh, those I'm the, so glad you wrote that down. Those are the gems for me. Those, those were, oh, there's so many gems. Like you said, in every scene, every scene is gold in this. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah, we really shook the pillars of, of heaven, didn't we, Wang? I mean, that, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is really just, it's so, and it's so cute. Like, that, I love their little, that goodbye, you know? That, it's such a, it, that encapsulates the mentality, I think, of patriotism in the 80s. It does. Because, like, this is coming out during, like, Rambo, Rocky, American Ninja. If, if you, if, I have not. Uh, it's, it's, you don't. You don't have to. Don't? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You should. No, no, I think I will. There's, like, eight of them. But <laughs> it's, like, this whole idea of uh, American exceptionalism. Sure. And these kinds of little speeches. Oh, yeah. People people took shots. They they tried. Yeah. This is This is a... A shot and a definite miss, but it still wins. It, it it's wins because so there's just something so goofy about it. You and know, it's, and it's hard to tell if it's goofy. I know, like knowing what was happening back in the eighties, yeah. it's really difficult to know if they were being serious, right? Or not. Right. Because <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I looked for hours to try to find references to that. Yeah, no, they made it up. They did it themselves. Uh, Beautiful. <laughs> wow, top notch. Um, I just. I did, I did, I just, my eyes went to uh, <clears throat> this moment in the, the, I just keep calling it the throne room scene, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much that happens in that sure. room and it's a very, very cool set. Yeah. But the, the battle between, we haven't really talked a lot about Shen, but I love him as a I character gonna, in this movie. I was going to bring up Victor Wong. Yeah. I love him. Oh, phenomenal. And I, and I love Victor Wong in, in other movies I've seen. I'm mostly thinking of John Carpenter, but mm-hmm. um, the, the, the battle between him and uh, David Lopan, and it it's very Star Wars, very much, right? Yeah. Which m- makes what you said earlier so yeah. much cooler. I had no <laughs> idea with the special effects, yeah. and like also the little like video gamey. <laughs> he was aspect. playing video games. He was games playing with a video games. Yeah. Oh my god! I totally I don't remember that at all. But right? he was totally like playing a Game Boy against. Yes. <laughs> and they, they, were, they had like the Ghost Warriors up above and the light beams, yes, right? Yeah. Which looked so cool. I mean. 
I, this is such a fun movie to like. I don't remember that at all either. But watching that again last night, that was amazing. Yeah. And the, the yeah, the visual effects were, yeah, so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my cheeks hurt. I've been smiling this whole time. <laughs> yeah, Victor Wong. Um, I don't know if you saw if you came across this, but there was another film made the same year uh-huh. about the same topic, the same plot almost. Okay. Um, I feel like I and may the have reason heard the this. reason John Carpenter made the movie the way he did is he was trying to rush it out to get it done before the other one. Uh, the Something Child, um, Eddie Murphy. Oh, uh, I I actually know exactly what you're talking about, and um, <laughs> I can't remember the name either. <laughs> you would oh, think he was in Three Ninjas, so I never saw that. Oh yeah, um, the Golden Child. Golden Child. Yeah. So same oh. Chinese ancient mysticism. Whoa! Yeah. So like Victor Wong was making this film and then hopped right over into Golden Child. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. And oh it, man. Yeah. Have you ever have you seen uh, Prince of Darkness? Well, maybe. It's a. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite John John Carpenter flicks. Victor Wong is fantastic I think I have, yeah. in it. I think yeah, it was a Carpenter film. Yeah, I think yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God he doesn't do very much. He just <laughs> stands there and stares. Um, oh wow! I completely forgot about that movie. I had no idea. Yeah, and it's like they were they were nervous about. Um, I think this came out in the summer. Uh-huh. And then Golden Child came out at Christmas. Did that do well in the box office? Oh, yeah. I wonder? Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. I, I'm duh. Pretty sure, pretty sure it did way better. Yeah. Um, I didn't look at the numbers on that, but yeah. So that's that's kind of like the relationship this film had to that. Interesting. Shared cool. an actor, uh, you know, kind of a, a lead character actor. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Victor Wong, very much. He wasn't, he's not in that many films, but I know him very well. Right? Uh, yeah. Yep. He's, he's iconic, yep. you know? He's, he's that guy. He's, yeah. He's very, uh, noticeable yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um just to wrap this up we can keep talking right. about this but just to wrap this up for the podcast sake and the format so we at the end of the end of the podcast we decide nostalgia wise does this film hold up right. do we do we kill it do we watch it or do we let it live oh. and i think it's pretty obvious it's obvious we let this live of course we hold it up and long live. We praise it. Long live Jack Burton. Long live Jack Burton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this is such a comfort film for so many people, including myself. Mm-hmm. I, it's highly rewatchable. I was um, I was expecting more things I wouldn't like about it. But yeah. I was... Not, I was I love this film. It's surprisingly, it yeah, it really holds up. I, yeah, I love it. We definitely let this one live, man. We let this one live. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> well, um, just to wrap up then, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Um, I have been Luke Loans. And I have been Taylor Diffendurfer. And we have been the Nostalgia Killers. Yay. Da-da, play it out music. Da-da-da-da-da-da.